G'day all and welcome back to another exciting, invigorating and enlightening episode of The Riff. My name's Dan, I'm here with Cameron. How are you Cameron? Pretty good thanks Dan. Yeah, yeah, big week. Big week, yeah. What, uh, what's been big about it? Well Dan, we uh, just won the most outstanding professional service for the Penrith Area Local Business Award. Wow, that's pretty massive, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it was pretty massive. We went yeah. to the big awards ceremony on Wednesday night. Completely unexpected, I've got to say. We, we, we yeah. were very happy just to be a finalist and mm, to, mm. to take out the title this year. It's, it's great. Everyone here is just absolutely thrilled. We are, Cameron. Very thrilled and humbled to uh, receive such an amazing award pretty pretty competitive category as well there are quite a few yeah, it was. excellent businesses in the Penrith city area that we we were up against but you know we've been working hard really hard haven't we the last we, last few months we have been and one thing i can say dan is thank you to all the listeners who, yeah. who voted for us we wouldn't be where we are today without you so thank you very much and thank you for subscribing to our podcast yeah. and our content and we can tell you that there's definitely more exciting things to come there certainly is yeah thank you to uh thank you to everyone but let's get into it Dan. yeah i think we should um cameron yes. I've, got a, I've got a question for you yep what's the question do you like rugby i like rugby league okay what about employment what about codes of conduct what about controversial social media posts Oh, controversial social media posts. Everybody loves them. Mm. If you said yes to some or all of the above, you're in for a treat today. Oh, oh okay. I'm ready. I've been waiting for this all week, yep. Dan. Please put me out of my misery and tell me what we are going to talk about today. We are tackling a big one today. Oh. I've got ooh. two words for you, Cameron. Yes. Israel Folau. Oh, that hot topic. Yeah, it's a very hot topic at the moment. So um, I reckon let's get into it. So Cameron, um, maybe you can explain why it is such a hot topic. Yeah, sure, Dan. So earlier this year, Israel Folau made some comments on his social media pages. I think it was Instagram, Facebook, maybe Twitter. I'm not oh, was sure it all? Them. Well, all three or, or just one? I think it was like a post that went on... On, on all the platforms. All the platforms, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. So, first off, I want to say that in this podcast today, we're just talking about the legal issues. There's no judgment, anything like that being offered up here today. We're just going to read the comments as Israel Folau made them. So, the post Folau put up said, Warning, drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves atheists idolaters hell awaits you repent with an exclamation mark and then Falau went on to comment on that photo saying those that are living in sin will end up in hell unless you repent jesus christ loves you and is giving you time to turn away from your sin and come to him uh, and then uh, Falau went on to quote a verse from galatians in the bible Rightio, Cameron. So, um, Rugby Australia mm-hmm. and the Waratahs yep. didn't take too kindly to that post. No, they didn't. Mm. And Rugby Australia and the Waratahs sat down and had, like, they've got their own tribunal. That's right. Yeah, so that was their own internal body that mm. made a decision as to what to do next. And they decided that Falau had breached the code of conduct of Rugby Australia. And as such, mm. his contract with Rugby Australia was terminated. Mm. Yeah, so they, they said, uh, based on our understanding, again, we don't have the contract in front of us or all the details. And I think that's one thing we've got to say, Dan, is 
everything that we're going to talk about yeah. here it's a bit in of relation to the contract. Yeah, it's speculation because yeah, this yeah. case is active at the moment. Yeah, we're just sort of throwing around our, our own ideas and um, just food for thought. So it was determined that he had breached this Rugby Australia Code of Conduct and the contract was terminated. So we've actually got the Code of Conduct here. We do. So do you want to, Cameron, do you want to just read it out for us? Not, I mean, it's 28 pages long but just read out some of the relevant points yeah sure so the first clause that we're going to read out uh, of the code of conduct is clause in relation to social media Uh, and the code of conduct says you must use social media appropriately by all means share your positive experiences of rugby but do not use social media as a means to breach any of the expectations and requirements of you as a player contained in this code or in any union club or competition rules and regulations the code then goes on to say do not otherwise act in a way that may adversely affect or reflect on or bring you your team club rugby body or rugby into disrepute or discredit if you commit a criminal offense this is likely to adversely reflect on you and your team the club rugby body and rugby and then another relevant clause in the code of conduct says Treat everyone equally, fairly, and with dignity, regardless of gender or gender identity, sexual orientation, ethnicity, cultural or religious background, age or disability. Any form of bullying, harassment or discrimination has no place in rugby. Right. Okay. Thanks, Cameron. No worries. So... We think from the internal tribunal decision that Rugby Australia made, they've based their decision on these clauses. That's highly likely. But again, we don't have all the, all the details. So we understand that Falau, in response, brought a claim in the Fair Work Commission. And so the, just to explain to everyone, the most, most employees fall under the jurisdiction of the Fair Work Commission. So it's a government body. The Fair Work Commission is... Yep. Um, the Fair Work Act applies to most workers in Australia. It's our it's our national law. Okay, so it covers you in New South Wales to South Australia yeah, to Tasmania yeah. or wherever. You know, it used to be state by state, but um, there there are still some workers that are covered by state law. But we won't won't go into that. So he's brought a claim under Section seven hundred and seventy two of the Fair Work Act, and he argues that the termination was because of his religion, and therefore right. unlawful. And I think that's why it's making this such a hot topic at the moment. It's the context of what he said. Yeah, well, I, you know, he, he would have to be able to show that Rugby Australia terminated his contract because of his religion. But what Rugby Australia will say is, we're not, we didn't terminate your contract because of your religion. It's because you breached the code of conduct and therefore breached your contract. Right, so that becomes a contractual issue then. That's right, that's right. So if that is the case, we're going to have to look at the contract. We will. Which we can't see at the moment, can we, because it's still in court. Mm. So at at the moment, in the Fair Work Commission, it's not... It's it's actually... We'll just take a step back. It's actually not a claim based on the contract. It's, It's the only claim he can bring in the Fair Work Commission is that is that claim under Section 772, which is that Rugby Australia terminated his contract unlawfully because of his religion. Right. And, and you, you're not allowed to terminate a contract because of someone's religion, right? Okay. And so I think it didn't settle in the Fair Work Commission. 
No. Did you see that on the news? Yeah, recently? I saw that on the news. So as I understand it, it's going to the next step. Is yeah, it? well, it's in. I suppose it's in um, Falau's court to to take it to the next step, and he he probably will try to get a bit of funding on through crowdfunding, and I I think that sort of got turfed, and then might have funding from somewhere else. But what what he'd need to do now, because it didn't settle in the Fair Work Commission, he's get he, he'd need to commence legal proceedings in the federal court. Okay. And in the federal court, he's probably going to still pursue that claim under Section 772, which is, you terminated my contract because of my religion. Yep. So that's a claim just based on the Fair Work Act, Section 772. Yep. But he's probably also going to make what's called a common law claim for breach of contract. Right. So because he's going to the federal court, he's probably just going to do the, the two at once. Makes probably. Makes it easier. Um, and... Maybe more, but you know, I, I think they're the they're the two sort of most obvious claims that he's going to make. So yep. I think Rugby Australia are just going to maintain their defence that again we haven't we haven't breached the contract. Yep. And in fact you've breached the contract because you breached the code of conduct. The code of conduct that yep. you read out earlier. So at this stage both sides are really sticking with their guns, aren't they? Probably. And it, it's the sort of case I mean th- these cases with these sort of facts, are not run very often. It's quite a high-profile case. Yeah. Is there any other cases under Section Seven Seven Two? Not really. There's there's been a couple with employees. Say, for example, you know they work for government and they've they've made some comments about maybe their government department or something on social right. media because that section also says you can't terminate someone's contract because of their political views. Right, okay. So, you know, I can see how that would apply though. It's not it's just not the same. It's because, you know, uh, we're going to get into it, but you know, if you're working for the government and you make comments about your government department that you're working for, there's a there's a really obvious connection between yeah. that and your employment. Yeah. But this is this is a bit different, but but this type of action, Dan, usually say an everyday person has been terminated, they wouldn't mm-hmm. go down this route, would they? No, probably not. This section seven seven two. Okay. Um, yep. I don't think we'll get into that's quite a technical argument, but yeah, they're they're going to probably use a different section of the fair work. Yeah, yeah. So, Dan, a question I have now is: say I'm an everyday person, and I don't care about Israel Folau. I don't care about professional sport. And, you know, I just don't find this whole matter interesting. Mm. Is there a reason why I should care about this matter? Probably. I mean, if you're if you're an everyday person, you you might have a job. Yep. So you and you're probably employed. So mm-hmm. if if you're an employee, you might be, I don't know, you might take the position that you're supporting Israel Folau, not necessarily you might not support his religious views, but you might support his uh, his case as an employee on the basis that, you know, it might be a sort of slippery slope argument that if he were to lose his case, then, you know, you might think employers just have the the power to control your private life and what you put on social media. Mm, that's right. And this is one of those cases that really could change the law. Possibly, possibly. Or, you know, you might be an employer mm-hmm. um, running your own business and you might think, well... You know, I don't think it's fair that employees have, you know, complete freedom to post whatever they want. You might sort of take that position, but I think if you're a sort of everyday person, like you said, you, there, there is... There's a bit of interest. Yeah. 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 So there's a reason why you should be 
somewhat paying attention to this. Yeah. So it's not just all these lawyers out here that are all going nuts over this issue. It's it, it's going to affect us all potentially in one way or another. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. So I think a couple of things that come to light with a, a, a case like this is from our understanding, Rugby Australia, like we've said, argue that he's breached the code of conduct. But the I think the question that lawyers are asking, is the code of conduct contractual? Mm, that's what, right. Do you want to explain that, Cameron? What What does it mean by if something's contractual? Well, it means, Dan, that you're legally bound by it through an agreement. So in this case here, Falau doesn't sign the code of conduct. Well, that's a good point, Cameron. Very oh, good do, point. What, no, well, we don't know that. This, Ooh, but, okay. but that's all sort of, that's going to sort of be thrown into the mix well, here. Well, usually, okay, usually in a normal situation, an employee may not sign the code of conduct. Probably not. No. No. But the contract of employment will refer to the code of conduct. It could. So the question is, is that reference binding? That's right. So again, we don't have the contract in front of us. So it's hard to say. It is. So we'll just sort of speculate here. But I suppose the question is, does a a failure to comply with this code of conduct constitute a breach of his contract? But it depends on many things. What if the code of conduct or the policies of Rugby Australia, what if they're not even mentioned in the contract? Which is, yeah, that's yeah. a possibility. That's a good point. Right? So if they're not even mentioned, if they're not expressly referred to in the contract... How could you say you'd be bound by them? Yeah, you may well, not have even read them when you signed exactly. the contract. So I think there's a fair argument to say that you're not bound by them. They might be, uh, as you said, Cameron, uh, he might have been asked to sign his employment contract and then separately sign the code of conduct that's right you know sort of everyday employees you might be asked to sign a policy or a or a handbook you know yeah yeah something like that yep yeah, the courts have said it might even depend on the language of the policy so if it's uh, you know a bit sort of airy fairy uh, there's a actually in the code of conduct i was about to say dan the code yeah. of conduct itself i wouldn't say is the best drafted document out there well the courts have said that some policies or codes of conduct some of it can be contractual yep but some of it may not be so they can sort of pick and choose oh right okay so let's let's read out section 1.2 of the code of conduct yep it says, read it to me it says that you must be a good sport displaying modesty and victory oh sorry displaying modesty in victory and graciousness in defeat okay I'm going to have to stop you there, Dan. Mm. Be a good sport. That is in the Rugby Australia Code of Conduct. It is. What does that even mean? That's right. So I think a clause like that in the Code of Conduct, you could describe that as more aspirational rather than something you are strictly bound by because it's very subjective, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But there are other parts of the conduct that might be more contractual. You know, yep. you must do this or yeah. you must not do that. I think another key factor in talking about what you just said, Dan, would be that the code of conduct has to be available. That's important. Yeah. So yeah. even if you're not physically given it, you know, that you can download it off the web like you can in, yeah, the, that's in this what case we do. here or yeah. it's on the, the internet. Because if you can't have access to it, that's right. the argument is how can you possibly be bound by it? Exactly. Exactly. That's a uh, very good point, Cameron. So that's been thrown around in the in the courts too. So an employer just has to make sure that the policy, or in this case, the code of conduct, is readily available. So yeah. 
Yeah, that's just a couple of ideas about whether codes of conduct and policies actually form part of the contract. So that'll be that'll be interesting if it's sort of battled out in court. And so another interesting aspect about this case that might pop up is why should Rugby Australia have any sort of control over Falao's private life at all? Or should they? Well, that's right. I guess he made this post not on the rugby field. That's right. Not yeah. in his... Yeah. Waratah uniform, as far no. as I'm aware. No, no. Not doing anything in related, relation to rugby no. or, or his job with the Waratahs. He just did yep. this of his own accord. Yeah, just in his, his own sort of, I mean, you know, they're private views that he sort of That's right. Made, if the average public, Joe did this down the street, this wouldn't make the news, would it? What's, it, wouldn't, it certainly wouldn't make the news. And I, I would have to say that if Joe blogs down the yep. road, employed by... ABC painting. Yep. Put this on his Instagram or Facebook. I don't think the employer would give a rat's. Yep. What do you think? Probably. But that's what makes this case different, Dan. It's mm. the fact that Falau is such a high profile football player yeah. that anything that he says in his private life can reflect upon Rugby Australia. Exactly right. Exactly right. So that's that's where this is a little bit different to the sort of everyday employee. But this is still worth looking at. So I suppose the question we're putting forward here is can conduct or misconduct in an employee's private life constitute a breach of your employment contract? And, you know, there's a couple of things to look at here. The courts tend to look at whether the conduct or misconduct has anything to do with the employment is there any connection between what was said or done and the employer? They would also look at whether what was said or done has some adverse effect on the employer, so whether it's some adverse effect on their... Which is what Rugby Australia's argument is here. Well, I'd probably. Well, I'd, well, that's what we're speculating. Yeah, yeah, I think that's something they would probably put forward, that it doesn't matter what he says or does people instantly associate him with Rugby Australia. Especially doing it on his Instagram, which I looked before, I think he's got about 156,000 followers. Yeah, so that's a, that's a bit less than me. Yeah, just a bit. A bit. You know, and so they would look at whether, it, yeah, as I said, some adverse effect on the employer, so that could be some, some sort of adverse commercial effect or maybe a, a, an adverse effect on their reputation. Yep. And and these sorts of things they don't have to be said in the contract. All these things we're talking about now, they can courts can do what's what's called imply them into a contract. So an implied term to the contract. That's, that's right. So it doesn't have to be actually in there. Wow, that's crazy. So mm. I could be bound by something that's not even written. That's right. In my contract. That's wow. right. Yeah. And again, we don't have a contract, so I don't know what what was in there and what wasn't. But it, you know, it can be really difficult for a court, let alone an employer, to determine whether the conduct does in fact affect the employer. I think a, an interesting example might be Todd Carney. Oh, that's right. The, the incident that happened with him a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, I think in his case, he probably just wanted to get out of the spotlight, really. But um, he potentially, I don't know if he could have taken action but for what yeah. he did for religious beliefs but well not probably not for <laughs> religious beliefs <laughs> no. but i you know Maybe i think the part of the section the point i'm trying to make is that photo if you don't know what we're talking about go uh, to google go, yeah <laughs> i don't think we'll um we're not going to talk about yeah. it but there's probably a good argument to say that what what he did 
really had nothing to do with his employment. Yeah, I can I mean, see that argument. If you did that, Cameron, yep. it's really got nothing to do with you as a lawyer. No. But I would hope not. No. <laughs> uh, but he probably didn't want to fight it because it was just a bit, bit embarrassed. to get out anyway. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's been other cases about people's private life. It doesn't have to be just about social media, but I'd, I'd know a case about a... Um, there was an employee who had a fight with another employee. I mean, like a physical punch-up. Oh, yep. yep. But after work, I think it was at the pub or something, Yep. the employee who instigated it got terminated. Wow. But he was able to successfully win his case because even though it was with a co-worker, it really had no connection with... His employment. He wasn't high profile. But yeah. It had no connection with his employer. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, another one where a, a principal of a school had an affair with one of the pupils' mothers. Right. That's controversial stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, you, could, you could certainly argue that has something to do with his employment, but the court said it doesn't. Yeah, you know? I guess it's the tangent of which yeah. his employment is based upon that. That's right, yeah. I so guess the only thing you could argue in that case would be that his he only met the mother maybe through his employment. Ma- yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. I think maybe another example is if, if you're employed as a champion of drink driving, yep. right, then you're caught drink driving. I reckon Probably. there's a substantial <laughs> connection with your employment, but yeah. maybe with, with other employees, if you're caught drink driving, there, there probably isn't. I, I mean, guess um, this Falau case could somewhat r- relate to, say, a politician yeah. posting something similar or yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. I guess it's just the whole public figure thing. That's yeah, he's, um, he's right in the limelight. So, yeah, look, there's a, there's a, there's a couple of interesting um, thoughts to be had there about how the employer can control an employee's private life. And that's essentially what's what's sort of happening here. But just going back for a second, Dan. So I know we can't see the contract, like we, we've said, but I've heard that in contracts of employment like this, there can be a thing inserted which is called a morality clause. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, actually. So could that yeah. have been inserted here to avoid this whole code of conduct thing? Yeah, yeah. So a morals clause can often be found in... Yeah, in football players' contracts or, you know, other, other sports people. So, And what do you mean by a morals clause? What would that, what well, would that look like? It, it can have the effect of almost controlling that person's conduct oh, right. outside of, of their employment. So, say, off the field, yep. it, it has the capacity to control a sports person's conduct maybe 24-7. Right. And that's a bit different to what we were just talking about because you've signed that contract with that clause. That's right. It's I mean, not implied. Yeah, I mean, there's been arguments made about these morals clauses that they're just too broad or too onerous. I mean, you know, yeah. can you really control someone's private life 24-7? Yeah, good point. Do you have to be an absolutely upstanding citizen 24-7? Um, but, look, anyway, it's a good point. There are those clauses out there in um, in... in sports people's contracts Mm -hmm. okay so i think that's really as much as we can say at this stage of the case don't you think Dan? yeah it all sort of remains to be seen i mean look these sorts of things if he does take it further and he goes to the the federal court i mean it could settle and we we just don't hear anything about it do you think it will settle there i don't know it just depends on whether rugby australia want to really dig their heels in and make an example of him or yeah, I, yeah. I guess. It will be interesting if it does settle, but at this stage, I, I can't see it settling. Could go to the High Court. It could be. This could, could go be all the way. law that changes 
Australia. Potentially. So, Dan, yeah. before we go, I want one prediction. How do you think this is going to go? Just give me one prediction off the record. You're not bound by <laughs> it, but we may revisit it in the future. Tell me what you think is going to happen. I think, look, as we've said, a lot depends on the on the actual contract itself. And I, we don't have the contract, but just pure speculation here. If it does end up in court, before a judge or judges and he's subject to a determination by that court, yep. I think he'd lose. Ooh, interesting. Very interesting. So I guess we'll have to see. It might be years until we find out. Maybe, maybe. And I you know, I could be uh, I could be completely wrong, but that's yeah. the thing though, you could be wrong because nobody knows at this well, stage. Well no one's seen all <laughs> that's I, right. I'm just i I'm just basing that sort of opinion on what I know and what I've seen so yeah. far. But um, you know, no one's seen all the evidence. But anyway, we'll we'll mm. see what happens. Well you know what, Dan? I think he's gonna get up. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I think he's going to get a bit of so. controversy within Adams and Partners lawyers. Yeah, that's right. So I guess All we'll, right, we'll see. We'll we'll have to see who comes out on on top here. All right, we might we might revisit this later, but yeah. um, I think that's it, Cameron. Thank you all for listening once again this week. If you like what you're hearing, we would greatly appreciate a review on our podcast. Get you to subscribe to the podcast as well. We've got a Facebook page as well. You can look up Adams and Partners lawyers like that to. Get some up-to-date legal knowledge as well. Other than that, Dan, it's all from me. That's it from me, Cameron. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back uh, next week with some more interesting uh, legal action. Okay. See you then. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Bye.